I'm Andrew Sherman. I'm a Texas transplant who has always been in pursuit of art as a career. I've played in bands, pursued an acting career in Hollywood, but I found it behind the lens of a camera here in Dallas, Texas. I was born in New York, I've lived in Chicago, Los Angeles, Austin, but I love Dallas. There's a magical artistic scene in Dallas that mostly goes unnoticed to the outside world. This podcast is focused on what makes it so special and the people who make it thrive artistically. If you don't live here, and even if you do, you might not have heard of them. This is the Dallas Famous Podcast. So who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you're all grown up? Who you gonna be? Who you gonna be when you're all for us? Yeah, who you gonna The phrase, the hardest working man in show business, gets thrown around a lot. But today's guest, Medrick Freely, is maybe the embodiment of that expression. Medrick is a drummer, producer, programmer, dad, husband, and has over a dozen active music projects currently going. Med was in New York City for the birth of hip-hop. Then he went on a sort of hip-hop expedition where he would live in a city for a few years and become immersed in the scene and the city's particular hip-hop style. Most recently, the success of Brand New Funk has taken a lot of Med's focus, but he still has time to drum and try more mojo as well, and he's revamping his drummer in the DJ project. As you will hear, Medrick is a very down-to-earth guy, and we had a blast on this one. So hope you enjoy my chat with Medrick Greeley. Okay, we're here with Medrick Greeley. He is a drummer, percussionist, uh, producer, um, programmer, uh, yep. maker of things, uh, <laughs> person who is like the hardest working person in music that I know. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, let, I mean, I'll just start out with a basic one. What? Uh, how many projects do you think you're in right now? Uh, active. Active projects, uh, I'm going to say 11 out of 16. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. And you have a job. Yes. And you're married. Yes. It's, okay. That alone is <laughs> astounding. Like that, that, that right there is a lot. Uh, okay. I'm going to back up though. Okay. You're Texan? Uh, yeah. Born in Dallas, um, but I was raised in New York and New Orleans. Oh, okay. So I give, I, I give my credit of being raised in New York uh, in my uh, single to teens and then teens to 20s in uh, New Orleans. Okay. And then why did you come back to Dallas? Uh, good question. Uh, so um, I'm going to try to sum it up as much as I can. Um, New York, I moved to New York. Uh, my my mom moved to New York and I ended up being engulfed in the hip hop culture there. So as hip hop was happening, when it, I literally just got a name uh, before it was called The Get Down. It was just something that you went to. It was a, it was an event. Mm. Um, so I was immersed in that. On top of that, I was becoming a drummer uh, in church. I didn't want to go to church and blah blah blah, but something kept me going, and I kept looking at the the uh, what you call it the it's called the music pit, mm. um, and I just couldn't get my eyes off of it. And my mom's finally told me she's like you want to go over there I'm like yeah so I go over there hang out with them and they're so encouraging they're like yeah come on back here man look like you look you want to be here so I ended up um shadowing the drummer literally being behind him and kind of playing like I'm playing with him oh wow and uh, a couple of weeks later he was like you want to you want to be my timekeeper so I ended up being his left hand then like the other time he let me be his right hand and then one day he didn't show up it was about five weeks later he just didn't show up and I became the drummer Mind you, I was horrible, horrible. <laughs> How old were you? In this uh, that was 10 going on 11, yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, long story short, I end up being that drummer. Um, at the same time, I'm learning more from hip hop uh, as far as the beat structures because I didn't know I was learning, sam- I'm learning samples without knowing I'm learning different genres of music. Huh. So I'm learning jazz, I'm learning rock, I'm learning, uh, you know, what James, why, why James Brown is so important, why George Clinton is so important, why you know um, uh, Coltrane is so important, um, but not knowing them at the same time because I'm just learning the beats. Um, but that's what that's what got me to New York. Well, that's what kept me in New York for the longest. Um, it was in, in a very unfortunate situation that I can't speak of um, that led me to be out of New York. Uh, nothing on my end, of course. Mm. Um, so you're not like wanted in New York. Right? No, <laughs> no, uh, no, no, nothing like that. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm actually more welcome there than anywhere. But um, uh, I moved to New Orleans because most of my family is uh, from New Orleans. Uh, well, from Louisiana uh, on my mom's side. And I ended up moving to New Orleans. 
And it the, the choice was, oh, what? Oh, great. I get to go to jazz, the jazz city. So I was like, let me go. Now, mind you, you're talking to a kid that didn't go to school for music. Right. I just learned how to play. So I'm I'm doing what il- what illiterate people would do when they are trying to adapt to their atmosphere and that go immerse yourself in the culture and you eventually learn. Mm-hmm. And so and that's exactly what I did. So I immersed myself in the jazz culture, coming to find out there's funk, there's this and that out there. So I ended up doing all that. Uh, kicked my ass, I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> but it was a great lesson. Um, and then I just kind of moved around to seven different other states in the process. Mm. Um, so Atlanta, uh, Philadelphia to get the, uh, at the time Jill Scott had just came out, um, Music Soul Child, so I was getting that, the Philly sound. I moved to DC to get the go-go sound, to, to learn to You're moving to these cities to to literally engulf myself in the culture so I can, instead of just trying to play the music, I'm in the culture because I just came out of New York where I've immersed myself in something uh, that became something bigger because hip hop was, at that time, it was almost just in New York and maybe a couple of tapes out. You might can go to Philly, you might can go to, and you know, maybe to California to get some, but it was very far few in between. And I tell people when I was up there when it first started, it was damn near illegal. Uh, to 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 be in to hip to hip hop um, to the point where you only got hip hop between the uh, on the radio between twelve and two a.m. Why was it illegal? Because the lyrics or no, there was nothing about the lyrics at the time. Because mind you, um, the uh, what we now call hardcore hip hop, which we can we was just a branch off of conscious rap. Um, it was it wasn't out just yet, and I'm talking like eighty five, eighty six. That you're talking about, that's the most positive, party going, you know, nothing really hardcore too much uh, about hip hop. Um, the hardest thing was Public Enemy. Huh, that right. was the hardest thing. And that was the most positive things you can get to. Um, that being said, um, uh, so when, when, when I got to, uh, Moving on, when I when I moved to go go to DC, I got the go go feel. So basically, what I did was I learned from that everywhere I can go, everywhere I go, I can gather the same thing. Instead of me trying to get in a book and learn, I mean, get in the culture and learn the culture, and then it'll just come to me. Well, now when you were doing this kind of tour of hip hop, uh-huh. as it were, <laughs> how long were you staying in each one of these places? Um, an average of about two two to three years. Wow, that is. Fascinating. Yeah, so I, seven different states. Anyone, you should yeah. write a book about that experience. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like it was, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a reach around, so to speak, because literally uh, every all of my peers that are drumming and everything like that, they can go to a book and go, oh, okay, I can play that. You know, and so I'm watching all the elites, all all my friends, and I'm like, dang, I wish I could do that, but I can't. I can't afford it. I can't do it. I don't have the time for it. Whatever the case may be. And I was like, I'm gonna just do a cheat code, and I'm gonna just go to DC, learn the culture, get in, you know, get involved and just learn it. And then the moment I think I got it, I'll just move it move around again. I feel like the people with the books is the cheat code. <laughs> that is like, you're like living the life. I mean, that is, ins- I-, I had no idea. That is, th- th- I mean, it explains a lot about everything else about you, but yeah. that is fascinating. Like, but, but to lead back to uh, how I got to Dallas, uh, but I, the whole time I'm now, I, I've done the seven different states and I'm like, huh. I've never lived in my own birthplace more than six months. Let me let me see what's out here, and uh, and I say this all the time. The moment I get here, everything I've been searching for is all right here. Mm-hmm. All the jazz, all the go go, the New York soul, the, everything was all rooted right here. And I was like, ain't this something? So I ended up loving my city, not knowing that much about it, and I just I just stayed. It was I like in stayed. your blood from the beginning. And yeah. Now. So okay, so that makes me wonder. So is is there a sound that's like unique and like originated in Dallas in this? Very good question. Um, there is a, a lot of sounds that come from Dallas that have been uh, exported. Um, so the, a lot of the West Coast sound of hip hop belongs to Dallas. Huh. A lot of the Southern sounds that come from, uh, you know, that, go, that mo- moved over to Atlanta, Mississippi, and Alabama come from Dallas. Um, and I say that respectfully to all the different places because they made their own way after. Right. But a lot of people like somebody like um, DOC, uh, which is a founding founding person of Dallas, is more known in LA 
than he is known in Dallas right. for a while. Um, a lot of people didn't even know he was from Dallas. <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> just associated him with NWA, mm-hmm. and that was it. Well, he's from, I think, Oak Cliff, if I'm not South Oak Cliff, if I'm not mistaken. And he li- lives here and all everything like that. And so all the NWA stuff that we've been inspired by was co-written, or if not damn near written by him, Ice Cube, and uh, MC Ren. Hmm. So uh, wow. the Chronic album wouldn't have been without him because that was damn near his second album. It was just one of those things that he was just like, you know, I, I work for the team. He's a team player, and he's like, no, the team needs to win. Uh-huh. So that's what the West Coast sound kind of comes from us. So the, some of the producers moved to L.A. because the work was out there. Right. So Dallas people out there, uh, a lot of people know Terrace Martin. Terrace is a he's a byproduct between L.A. and Dallas. So he calls both home, and he's working with Robert Glasper, Kendrick Lamar, you, know, you name it. He's worked with them. Yeah. But so that that especially the West Coast sound. Uh, the first hip hop band on the West Coast with Snoop was all Dallas musicians. So, really, <laughs> was, uh, well, I think it was called the Snoopadelics. Oh well, I know that Sput was involved in that, right? right? So that's so. Of course, you know how he does. He pulls his people in, right? So whether it's L.A., you know, hybrids or Dallas, you're gonna be in the band somehow. And that's how. That's one of the things I do love about Sput. You know, my mentor. Yeah. Um. He he loves pulling people in. Even if he does it for a moment and then he goes that way, he is leaving a trail so you can finish it. Yeah. And I like that about him. Yeah. I mean, in a way, he sort of like has his fingerprints and positive way on everything. Everything. Dallas, like in that. And sense. it's and it's so it's it's so um amazing to see if I go to Singapore right now and just say his name out loud, somebody's gonna turn around and like, yeah, that's my favorite guy, and blah, blah, mm. yeah, I know him, they'll say that, like, I know, man, that dude is so personal, he remembers my name, yeah. and that's that's one of the things that sets him apart from a lot of people, like, he cares, cares, yeah. uh, about, you know, your whereabouts, he'll call you, mind you, he has a, his, his Rolodex is, I'm old, I said Rolodex, his, <laughs> phone, <laughs> his phone list of calling any drummer in the world is yeah. ridiculous, Ridiculous, yeah. and he took the time to call me. So that says a lot about him. Yeah, but Sput yeah. C. Right, we just want to say Robert Sput C. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> Ghost Note and he Snarky was in, Puppy. Yeah, yeah. RSVP. He, 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 we did an interview on the Lone Sound podcast here with him, and he had to do another interview before we started. And we watched one before he got there, and like they all started the same way. They're like, okay, so you're one of the best drummers in the world. <laughs> and like, then he'll just be like, what's the question? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah, we all know that. And, and, it's, and it's true. Kind of <laughs> yeah, it is. No, he's, he's a big, big influencer to the point where there's, there's things that us Dallas drummers do because of him. How did you meet him? Uh, believe it or not, I met him in New Orleans the first time. Okay. I met him in New Orleans. We were passing by. Uh, he saw me playing at a, 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 a venue the first time so it was like hey how you doing and I was like oh my god I think I knew that was while I'm playing <laughs> um, the second time it was at a uh, church convention uh, he ended up playing for I can't remember what the artist was and I couldn't get my hands on him and I, I, I know it was over there but everybody was in that corner and I couldn't get my hands on him uh-huh. um, but he found the way to kind of find me and say hey man I remember you over there man you did a great job you know blah 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 you know get that swinging down you'll be all right you know so he's uh-huh. letting he's giving me tips and everything uh-huh. and then i moved here when i finally moved here he just kind of looked at me like what do i know you from i know you from somewhere i know your name and everything he said and you've already ingrained yourself in dallas music but i should know you and he just kind of gave me that i should know you kind of factor <laughs> right. and then from that point on like when he found out we wasn't that too far of proximity and age uh we like the same things he just took me on as like one of the people in Dallas. He was like, well, you're doing a lot of stuff, so I see you. Yeah. Don't don't think because I'm out there, I don't see what's going on yeah, in my yeah. city. I see what's going on. Yeah, he is, like, that's one of the greatest things about him. He's a real champion of the music here Absolutely. in Dallas. And Ab- and yeah, and- he, he does his best to, when, even on his off days, when he, dude gets off tour, absolutely off tour, he wants to come to Dallas, jam with everybody he had been thinking about. Like, hey, where you at? I'm coming. Hey, what you want to do? I'm coming, you know, so. Mm-hmm. And he'll make events. I, he is the first person I've seen online. This is a little earlier, like 2016, 2017, where or he, go on, he went on Twitter. He said, I'm thinking about having a party. Who, who's, who wants to do it in Dallas? And then everything, everybody in like elites saw it. He said, okay, yeah. I got the cast. 
Now what's the theme? So then everybody gave him a theme. So he didn't even have to think about what he wanted to do. He let everybody else do it. It's like, okay, what time do y'all think it should be? What day do y'all think it should be? Right. And in a matter of 15 minutes, he had a full show. I was like, yeah, who else can do that? Not, not many people. <laughs> was that the one at Artco or? No, it was at, um, dang, R, it was at RBC. RBC, yeah. Okay. And he put that cast together, I swear, in 15 minutes. I and just, it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Yeah, I remember the first, maybe the first time he did one of his, maybe his holiday or birthday party at Artco. And it was just like. Oh, the he, Spectaculars? Yeah. The, the Spectaculars. Spectacular, yeah. exactly. And like there's just like a line of drummers. Uh-huh. And it was it <laughs> literally, I mean, well, I remember uh, uh, J.D. Beck was uh -huh. 13 or 12. Yeah, yeah. Or something. <laughs> and uh, the first time I saw uh, oh. Black Dynamite. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, that damn Mike Mitchell. Yeah, but it was just so cool. It was just like <laughs> this line, and it was just like normally, I don't know. Like I'd be like, eh, and like every one of them was mesmerizing. Yeah, you know? yeah. That was all because of Spud. Anyway. They're all they're all like kind of uh, sprung off of uh, between Spud, uh, Cedric Moore, and J uh, J T Thompson, J okay. Jason Thompson. They're, they're all of those guys you're talking about are offsprings of those. We need to do like a Dallas drummer man family tree. And the person to get one of the persons you need to get to that is like either either Robert Spussy Wright, J T or Cleon. Yeah. They know the history like yeah. no other. Yeah. Well, so do you. Let's make this <laughs> back to you, shall <laughs> we? <laughs> Giving a lot of love to other people that are mm -hmm. here. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I mean, I got the church thing. Like, like was there? Like you're drawn to the to the pit, but I mean like drums specifically. Mm -hmm. Why drums specifically? Um, well, as a kid, it's the it's the thing you see moving the most, mm. and so you you're trying to figure out how is he doing all that with four limbs. Now, mind you, when you get older, you could the piano like he's doing that with ten fingers and right. two legs. That's what should be mesmerizing. Yeah, or pedal on a piano steel is crazy. What yeah, doing. it's like <laughs> how many I can't even. Yeah. So 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 so, but as a kid, you see the main thing that's moving. The, the one thing that's attracting you the most is the drums. Mind you, most musicians, ninety percent of musicians, always start on drums and they end up going somewhere else. Right. Um, so um, it's funny. I was the opposite. I never. I, I dreamed a little bit, mostly other stuff like singer songwriter. Mm -hmm. And now, if I were even to play, I would just want to play drums because <laughs> I don't have to know the notes or the song. Yeah. <laughs> I've good enough instincts. I don't spend a minute to pick. Yeah, it's, it's it's now it's when once you get older in drums, now it's a feel. You have to understand where the drummer was coming from when he the person that recorded it. So now you got to mm -hmm. catch that feeling. Oh yeah, of what was going on that atmosphere. Um, so when I'm covering a tune. I do my best to do as much research from the drummer's perspective, um, listening to the track, listening to other versions of the track, um, and now I got the feeling. Um, one of the things I was taught, once again by Sput, was close your eyes and just go to sleep. And I'm like, what's that? And he was like, just go to sleep to it, because I'm trying to get this one thing down, you just go to sleep. So I, I, whatever, man. So I, one day I just got frustrated, I could not get it again, so I just, Went to sleep to it, and two weeks later, without even thinking, I was like, I wonder if I can do it, and it's all of a sudden it came to me, and uh, now that's one of my main practice yeah. modes. I, whenever I'm crunched, I got 24 songs to learn in 24 hours, I literally just go to sleep to it, and now it's internal, it's, it's in the back of my head, and huh. I don't even know that I can know, that I play it, I'm like, oh, I got it. Well, <laughs> right, I mean, that's combined with your years of physical Well, training. yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny about that, because I was like a songwriter for a lot of my music uh, experience, and so it's just interesting how like my whole goal was to not listen to anybody and not get any influence from anything else. Mm -hmm. And your whole thing is like, I'm trying to learn everything I can about every influence out there. Yeah, um, and, and uh, obviously that's a, most of them taking in the culture, and then New Orleans, to its credit, um, I didn't know what gumbo was until I got there. Huh. So watching people make gumbo is is kind of metaphoric for life. So it's like you put everything in a pot and you make something great. And everybody's gumbo is different. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> so you can make different types of gumbo, but it's still just it's a melting pot of everything that you had in the house. That's kind of where it came from. Everything that you had in the house, you just put it in one one spot and then you make dinner for everybody. So I was like, huh, I wonder if I can do that as a musician, if I can just pull everything into me and then when I play, I'm pouring out to a lot of people and that's exactly what's happening. Right, right. Okay, so I'm sure you played in all over this, in all these locations, lots of places. What was the first band that like this is, either your band that you didn't start but it's your band or yeah. that you started? Like what's the first project? Um, the first band that I, ooh, that I started uh, would have been in, 
Atlanta is when I finally had the uh, the audacity, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the gall to uh, to create like get my friends together and say, hey, this is what I want to do. So I'm used to being the server. Like, okay, what do you want? What do you want? You mm-hmm. want? I got it. So this time I decided to do it. Me not knowing chord structure, me not knowing anything about music per se. I just know the f- I know what a feel I a certain feeling I'm going for. And when I did it, everybody was like, dude, this is a band. I was like, it is? It is? They're like, yeah. They're like, yeah, man, you should come up with a name for it. So I came up with a name for it. I can't remember it to this day. Um, it was it was clever as heck, though. Anonymous. A-9-O-M-U-S. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Like and it, it ended up being my uh, my first, uh, my second uh, Hotmail account. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, but the name of the band was Anonymous. I even had the, uh, my my first uh, car um, plate was a nine a nine o m m u s. Okay, and um, man, I loved I loved hanging around them in Atlanta. It was everybody was from different places. Atlanta is a melting pot of different places as well, sort of like Dallas is becoming. Um, but it was a lot of East Coast people, so I can relate to all most of the places I was moving to was all East Coast places. Um, and I just it just happened, and then I would say the first major band that I got acquainted with was right before that um, in New Orleans. And they, be- I'll just, I'll, I'll leave them out of the podcast, but I'll just say they became a very, very big band, alternative uh, rock band. Um, but uh, I was in that band. And yeah. I, the way I won getting into the band was playing, um, I played a Metallica song and it, Revol- it evol- involved me using double pedals and I didn't use double pedals I used it on a single pedal and that's what won me the gig because uh, all the drummers was like oh. can't even do it <laughs> you know, like they're wondering how I got that and it, and that and that's a story within itself I played Susudia on accident I'm thinking in my headphones them old school old school headphones where you can't really tell what's the bass and what's synth uh-huh. so I didn't know that was a, th- a synth being played I'm thinking that's the kick. So for years I had been practicing that, oh. and when I finally got it, I found out it was a synth. <laughs> He's just playing one, two, one, two the whole time. I'm like, Phil Collins, boy, if I see you, ooh. <laughs> well, he's in a wheelchair. I think you probably wouldn't be much of a fight, right? No, now. no, but but it helped a lot because that gave me foot control. Um, it helped my foot be faster. Yeah. Um. So a lot of people know me, knew me back then for having a fast foot. Uh-huh. Um, and that's how I got in that band. So they went from extremely hard rock and their management was like, hey, we should do this alternative type of rock. It's the biggest thing going right now. So they became an alternative rock. And in the time of altern- altering things, they altered me out the band. Uh, but you won't, <laughs> tell, you won't tell us the name? No, nah, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't. I, I, can't. I, I told myself after they sent me that last... Uh, that last email uh-huh. that nah, I'm not giving y'all no more credit. Okay. <laughs> I'll ask you when I turn the recording. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, so then what's the first band that you formed that's still in action? Oh, uh, I wouldn't say band that's the band or per project, se. Yeah. A project definitely, um, would be, uh, the DJ and the drummer, uh, collective mm-hmm. uh it I, something i decided to do almost uh 17 18 years ago now well i had a dj and a drummer uh it was just me and and my dj friend and uh we were just kind of sitting around and it was like huh bro when we just kind of you play on top of it i said yeah i've always wanted to do that so we did it and then we we did it at uh, a, a, a five-star hotel and then we got hired to go overseas the next show hmm. uh wow and we was like, oh, okay, something, this can be something. Something's here, yeah. So we did it for seven years over there, and I was like, dude, we should make this a business. He was like, dude, I'm sorry. I can't because I got so much stuff on my tax bracket and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So you do it, and I'll just put my face on it. And I was like, cool, let's do it. So I made it a business, um, DBA'd it in Dallas, uh, and we started doing corporate events. One of the first corporate event I got was um, Chuck E. Cheese. I didn't know it was out of <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know uh, the company was made in Irving. Oh, so oh, really? all yeah, so all the corporate. I'm thinking it's gonna be kids. Oh, it's like at the corporate. This the corporate offices here, and I'm like, oh snap! So they brought everybody in, from and then they got 
mesmerized by it. So then they started sending it out to a whole bunch of things. There was a, a company from Florida called, uh, they stayed for about four or five years here and then zipped out, huh. <laughs> uh, Pollo Tropical, mm. um, which is like their McDonald's. Um, and I don't know what happened, why they had to leave, but now we have the other Pollo company. Uh-huh. Um, but it was Pollo Tropical that was here, and every place they opened, I swear they opened one every three months, and they paid my my company to do it. So it just, and then I was like, well, it, at that time it was just me and my DJ, and I was like, man, this is I'm getting a lot of work, and I need to be in more places at once, especially being in other bands. Uh-huh. So I was like, well, why don't I get my friends to be some of the drummers so they can take over? And I was like, huh. Well, my DJ is getting busy. He's getting corporate by himself. So uh-huh. it's like, well, now I need other DJs. Mm-hmm. So it became four DJs, five drummers, and I let it happen. I was like, huh. So I took my face off of the logo, took his face off the logo, and just made a logo strictly for the company. Uh-huh. And up until the end of 2000, uh, the beginning of 2020, of course, we already know what happened with that. Yeah. Up until then, it was flourishing. Wow. Um, it's I'm going to make it make a comeback next year. Uh, I'm in the process of uh, revamping it, rebooting it. And I always rotate uh, DJs and drummers because I want it to be something that, you know, I want if, if it was a 50-year-old party, I don't want 14-year-olds to represent it. I want a 50-year-old or somebody close to that to represent that so right. they feel more comfortable That's and smart. they know the music and everything like that. Sure. Comes to a prom, I want the 18-year-olds to do that. So um, so I have a variations of ages, um, styles, so somebody wants just, just cumbia. So I got a cumbia DJ mm. and a cumbia drummer that can play that style that know the music with no question. So it's authentic when it goes into that direction. That's cool. So that's the that's the one thing I'm I'm still extremely proud of yeah. um, because I didn't I, at the time I didn't know I was the only one at that time to make it a business. It yeah. wasn't a business anywhere. No, it's like a great business too. Because yeah, it's, it's it right in between of... being a, having a live band and not just a DJ. So right. you get the live feel with just the DJ, and you're paying significantly less money than. You know, yeah, and there's no lead singer. There's no and no lead singer. To, <laughs> I, I was about to say mess it up. I, that's, I'm, that's the joke I'm making. I used to be a lead singer. Um, uh. But yeah, it wor- it works out well. A lot of people that hire uh, get to poke their chest out like, yeah, that was unique. I did that. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And no, it, it is. And now is that kind of what gave you the idea for a brand new funk? Yes. As a matter of fact, good segue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it um, led up to me. I'm I'm still scouting at that time for DJs. And this is about three, three years ago now. I'm scouting for other DJs. I need I wanted a DJ to do strictly um, like classic hip hop music. Mm-hmm. And there was maybe three people I was looking at at the time. Um, and I was like, man, that person is too busy. This person's not busy enough, <laughs> and then, and then I found him, and I I saw him at Three Links or something. Oh no, I saw him opening for somebody, and I was like, wait a minute, is he going from the old school song to the actual song? Oh, I can work with that. Mm-hmm. So I hit him up on Instagram, and I was like, hey man, I'm a, I'm a big fan of you know what you do. Um, I'm a hip hop connoisseur. It's in my blood, blah blah, blah and this and that. And he was like, well, come on down and come check me out. No, I I thought he was saying come check me out. I, and everybody knows me. I, somehow I have some version of a drum set with me at all times, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a big drum set or a little trap trap key. Um, and uh, I get there and I get, I get out trying to support him. He's like, hey, man, where's the drums? And I was like, uh, in in the car? Why? He was like, I want you to drum. I'm like, oh. So I get out and we and this is at Brain Dead when it was open. Uh-huh. So um, I get up and I start playing and as I'm playing he realizes I actually know the song so he goes into another song and I actually know that one then he starts going deeper into the hip hop mode like I bet you he kind of got I bet you don't know this and I'm playing not only am I playing the songs I'm I'm pulling out where the song pulls out I know where the chorus is I play along to the words sometimes instead of the beat and he's just sitting there like bro who are you (laughs) (laughs) so um Needless to say, that was the fastest friend I've ever made. Yeah, uh, menace the DJ. DJ menace. Uh, DJ menace. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you're right because he had he had to switch it around because there's so many. D- I didn't realize there's so many DJ uh, menaces oh, so in the world. So now he's DJ menace. Uh, menace the DJ. Now he's menace him. the DJ. Okay. Yeah, that's what I when I shot him. That's what. Yeah, yeah. 
but obviously he recognizes DJ Menace. Um, but man, uh, ever since then, it's been up. We don't practice. We we tried yeah. practicing once and realized we sat there for four hours and talked yeah. just about the songs we wanted to do, and then that was it. Yeah. So now we don't even talk about the songs. Just play the songs. Yeah, I got <laughs> I got to tell you, like you had me come out to shoot one of your first big ones, and you know I shoot a lot of stuff, and mm-hmm. I'm not a DJ guy per se. I was like the best time. And every time people go to that, I see photos of people like are just going crazy. crazy. It yeah. is like the most popular thing. And, and I get it because I saw it, you know. But yeah. I don't think I would have thought that. And you know the other thing that strikes me? Because I've been thinking a lot about how different artistic communities don't cross paths. And it's like fascinating that this DJ just doesn't even, has never heard of you as a drummer. But, right. But I guess it makes sense. But it just... You know, it's like peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> you didn't know it go together, but whoa. Yeah, you know, it's just. <laughs> no, it really does. I mean, anybody that has like a, a night to go check out Brandon Funk, that is a good time. Um, it's uh, It's been dubbed officially, uh, unofficially, I'll say that. Unofficially, the best uh, the best hip hop experience in Dallas. Yeah. I mean, I, I well, I can't speak because I'm not an authority on hip hop. <laughs> but, but I will say that I enjoyed it thoroughly. So yeah, we we have people coming in from Germany, uh, Maine, like on a regular basis. That there's a there's a two guys that come and they do this thing on Instagram. I wish I knew their name right now, but um, they every other weekend they like kind of roll a dice and then just go. So what their their roll of dice is they they flip through Instagram and find something cool uh-huh. and stop and go. Let's go do that. Oh, wow. So they happened to find us. We were one of their roll of the dice. They happened to find us. Let's go. Let's go experience that. So they come down, and they're here. And I'm 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 happy to hear when I when I finally talk to them. I'm like, man, you guys are from Maine. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, let me show you around the city because you know this is what I I usually do when somebody's that big of a guest. And mm-hmm. they were like, no, we got to go. I'm like, what you mean you got to go? I'm like, oh, we got here an hour before y'all started playing off the plane. We got two hours to get back to the airport. Oh wow what (laughs) (laughs) then the other crew that comes from germany every other month um they don't speak a lick of english but they know every single hip-hop song words oh wow every single one of them they (laughs) literally talk to me through google translate oh wow so they'll say something but hey i had a good time and then they'll point the phone to me and then i have to say (laughs) something into it oh yeah 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 so Uh, it's that it's always fun with them but we have we we have a huge uh like core fan base we call them brand new fam yeah. Um. And it's just unbelievable. No, no matter where we go, we can literally we've gone to Salina and them same people, same 70 people show up in Salina. Wow. And you're like, OK, I think we got something. Yeah, you really got something there. Right? <clears throat> it, 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 I don't know what it is, but it is there. It Um. I can I can officially say what it is. I because I grew up in the culture of hip hop. I haven't I haven't had this type of goosebumps since the get down days. Mm-hmm. And I told Minister, I'm like, bro, I have not felt like this since hip hop was like being created. Wow. So to get the experience, everybody's re-experiencing their old school favorite songs. This was their high school song. They remember this song when, when they, you know, went and tried to do graffiti and got caught. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever, you know, they were. Well, and I've got a limited knowledge of hip hop. And I was like, <laughs> I know every song. song yeah. Playing. And, and it's, I mean, then the drums and just gives another element. And the, the day I went, you had a trombone player. And I know you probably had people yeah, sit yeah. in at times. Yeah, he, um, he, a real good friend of mine. Um, he just happened to be there. And he's, and that was just so funny. He was like, hey, can I play? with y'all because he's a big hip-hop head too okay and we were like hell why not so he ended up being there and just just playing like the best but usually now we've we just it's just me and him or we'll have a guest dj come in Uh, that literally just does scratches like dj tombs is one of the world-renowned uh, DJs that's from Dallas. So he's sort of playing the records as an instrument, not like setting the music. Right. So wow. Menace sets the music. He plays. He scratches words and stuff like that while I'm playing on top. Oh man, it's it's now that I, I got to come back. Oh, I, that, that sounds crazy to me. Yeah, it's it's the that. that is an experience because we're all all three of us are wowing each other mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, and everyone in the crowd. And is, they're just they're just getting the yeah. fact that we're up there. I've never seen that kind of reaction from not a like a live like all instrument band ever. Right. Like with music. I mean, granted you're playing drums, so that really gives it that live feel. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. So you, we got people that literally like they'll be walking by and they hear the drums and it sounds like it's part of the track. Right. So when they come through, they 
Wow, that's yeah. an actual drummer playing yeah. the song. It's just and it's, some of the beats are very, very complex. So they're trying to figure out how am I playing this? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, I've been like highly trained. Yeah, I've been I've been Whatever. training for Don't this. Don't you worry about that. You just enjoy your drink and dance. <laughs> so yeah, some of these beats uh that there's drummers that some drummers haven't figured out how to play them huh. properly. And like say for instance, the Beastie Boys uh with the song the track is backwards. Zoo 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 zoo. So I play where it sounds like the cymbal is playing backwards. Mm-hmm. And everybody's sitting there like, how in the hell is he doing that? Do you have that? like drummers coming up to you? All the, all the time. Yeah, I can yeah. tell every drummer in the crowd immediately yeah, yeah, without yeah. them saying a damn thing. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Man, um, I want to get through some other stuff too. I mean, like, of course, one of my favorite bands, Try More Mojo. Yeah, yeah. How did you get involved with them? <laughs> That's a funny story. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so... Somebody told me that there's a venue further down the Deep Ellum uh, uh, track. And I was like, oh, is it brand new? And they're like, yeah, yeah. They do this open mic thing. I think at the time, uh, the y'all open mic was Tuesdays? Yeah, it's just to switch around. Yeah. yeah, I think at the time it was Tuesdays. So I was like, yeah, I'm off on Tuesday. I usually go watch um, uh, Funky Knuckles or something like that. No, it was a Monday. That's how I know. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Monday. so Monday. Um, Mo- Funky Knuckles used to be on a Monday at, th- at Three Links. That's how I know. Um, and I was like, ah. I can I can miss at least one <laughs> Funky Knuckles show. <laughs> right. Big fan of Funky Knuckles, by the way. Yeah. Um, and I go down there and I'm like, oh, this venue looks like a warehouse on the outside. It had no murals on the outside yet. Uh-huh. No murals. Oh, it was brand new. Yeah, it was literally like that new where there wasn't like a major. I shouldn't say uh the mural that's there is not wasn't there yet. Right. So. I get inside, and the moment I get inside, it's almost like when you walk through uh, Walmart. Well, yeah, Walmart for the first time with that rush of air. <laughs> um, I felt that feeling like when I got in. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. I didn't even get. I didn't get five steps in. I'm like, I like this place. Yeah. And so I'm noticing all the artwork. I'm listening to the people on stage. They got the bar. Everybody's friendly. I walk the door. I mean, everybody's high fiving me, and I'm like, oh, I like this. And not even 10 steps in, I get a tap on the shoulder like, hey, you hear the drum? Uh, no, but <laughs> I just wanted to check out the venue. Like, I literally didn't get to go outside to get the, to go check the place out. He's like, no, go up there and drum. Leland happened to be on keys. The irony was uh, the owner, John, <laughs> was on bass. Uh. <laughs> um, and we had some other people up there. Uh, Evan was uh, running sound. Okay. <clears throat> and so I get up there and I start playing like and Leland was like, hey, I want to beat like this. So he gives me like four bars or like a bar and I go in and he's like, exactly. OK. All right. Well, we got we got the we got the groove set. He said, all right. So and then he starts playing and we start playing around. I end up on the stage for an hour. <laughs> the whole <laughs> I was supposed to be a rotational thing and everybody's rotating and I'm trying to get up. They're like, no, 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 no. You stay there. I'm like, but there's other drums. No, no, no. You stay there. Leland was like, no, you stay right there. (laughs) (laughs) So in every style of music that I was playing, I was able to adapt to it. He was like, have you ever heard jam band music before? I said, nah. He said, it's weird. You're you're such a jam band person without knowing you're a jam band person. (laughs) It's like, all right. So he sat me down that day and gave me the term and what it is and where it came from. So he gave me the whole history. Right. Um. And he was like, I would love for you to come by my house and jam with my band, Try More Mojo. We're looking for another drummer. I was like, well, at the time, I'm like, well, I'm in like 10 bands already, <laughs> bro. It's it's kind of tough. At the time, the band that was number one on me was a band called Dirty Grooves. Um, and that was the infusion of a keyboardist that happens to be a trumpet player uh, also. So he's playing keys and playing trumpet at the same time. Oh, wow. Um, and a DJ that happens to be a percussionist as well. So he's playing, he's DJing and per, and doing percussion while I'm playing drums, and it's all like acid jazz. Mm. It's it's like um, what, what what most people would consider elevator music. We get hired for a lot. <clears throat> um, so it was like an offspring of my DJ drummer thing. But and they loved the fact that I knew all the songs and all the remixes. He's like, how do you know these house remixes like this? These jazz house remixes? Like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> but he was like, uh, well. What if we wanted to, you know, possibly like form a band with you? I said, well, let's just discuss that when we get to the house. So I get over there and he literally, all right. So the first song I learned was, hmm, Dr. Uh, is it Dr. Oda? 
Mr. Older. One of uh, it's um one of their dogs was the name of the song. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so I'm learning. I'm like, oh, that's a nice groove. So you think you got it? I'm like, yeah, I got it. Dr. Older is the name of the song. Yeah, Dr. Older. So so I'm playing it and they're like looking at it like I've never heard the recording of it or anything like that. I'm like, okay, well, let's just play. Um, uh, what's the name of the song? Monterey. Thank you. I couldn't get it out. <laughs> they, we were playing Monterey. They started playing it. And like, at, I mean, he didn't even get to tell me what the groove was. He just started playing that part. I was like, oh, I got it. And he was like, oh, do me a favor. He said, I feel it. I feel what you're getting ready to do, but do me a favor. And this is, <laughs> I I had never heard the term before. He was like, give me white boy reggae. And I was like, white boy reggae. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, white boy reggae. How do you do that? <laughs> he was like, you know, it's it's there, but it's not. So it's, it's stay funky, but pull it back just a little bit. I was uh-huh. like, okay, all right, well, that's all you had to say was, was a push or pull. That's, that's how drummers talk. It's uh-huh. either pushing a song or pulling a song. It's like, all right, cool. I'll pull it back. And when I did that in his face, you know, his facial, like, uh-huh. he was I all into it. In and he head. was like, that's it. He said, all right, now there's, there's a couple of parts to this song. It's like four parts to this song. You're going to hate me for it. And so as soon as he started wanting to tell me what he was, I got the other parts and he's like, you ready to play a song straight through? I'm like, yeah. He's like, all four parts. I'm like, yeah. He's like, song's like eight to 10 minutes. I'm like, eh, it don't matter. I'm good. Um, so we played it one time straight through, and literally the band at the time was like, how can we get you to be our drummer, man? Uh-huh. I was yeah. like, ah. So then I, uh, John calls. Uh, Michael Curvin calls me, and uh, he says, hey, man, I know you've been, because at the time I had been trying to pitch him the DJ and the drummer thing, be mm-hmm. the manager for the DJ and the drummer. He just would not. He would not. <laughs> and he was like, because he was in the jam band. I didn't get it. He yeah, was yeah. in the jam band stuff. He was like, say, bro, you've tapped into something. That is one of the bands I've been trying to flourish. Bro, you make them sound national. Evan agreed to be in the band because of you. Right. And I was like, really? I was like, I thought he was just part of the band. He's like, no, nah, man. They told him that you was coming over to the house, and he went He went with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so, but yeah, that, that band, uh, we've toured a lot. Uh, uh, we've done everything from Col- going from Colorado to South Carolina in four days mm. um, and just making it happen. That, we learned a lot about each other that day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Trauma Mojo is a, you know the jam band, the only jam band I play with because um, I learned, I actually le- I've learned from them. I was the person sitting back learning from all of them. Right. The great thing about all of them, they're, the the Two that's into jam band, which is uh, Cody, the bass player, and Leland, were teaching me. The youngest two people in the in the van uh-huh. were teaching me about music. There, you need to listen to Humphreys. You need to listen to this. You need to listen to that. You need to listen to some Grateful Dead. You need everything. Just yeah, yeah. telling me all about it. There's a reason why this song is 17 minutes long. Listen to the whole damn song. So, <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that? Now listen to this version. So there's so different, so many different versions of songs that I. This is the first time I'd been in a in a genre where it's okay to do absolutely completely opposite of what the track was as long as you come back to the hook that people knows. Yeah. So I was like, huh, so it's a story. And they're like, yeah, it's a story. It's a different story every time, but it comes back to the same theme. Yeah. I'm like, oh, all right, I get to play around with this. This yeah. is kind of like jazz, but a little bit uh, less organized believe it or not, than jazz. <laughs> so, oh, I believe it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I I dug it real, and so my job was to keep the band as funky as possible and bring bring my hip-hop influence to to the band. Mm-hmm. So, and it comes out all the time, it's, even if I don't yeah. want it to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still have tears in my eyes from the white boy reggae comment. <laughs> um, uh, we're, we're getting kind of near the end. What else do you have going on actively right now? Um, there's a group I'm in, uh, R&B, soul, uh, band I'm in called Modern, Modern Vibes. Um, it's, it's kind of a, co- it's, I can't even call it a cover band <clears throat> because we do um, original recordings for other people. So whenever they want a live recording of a band, we're their band. Uh, so we have a studio. Uh, we do uh, corporate events. If somebody needs sound, we got that. Somebody wants to cut a video, we got that. So it's wow. a, so all around. We tried to be. Well, we're trying our best to build 
an all-around situation to where they won't have to hire a DJ, a host, and everything. You can literally just come to us and it's all it's all there. Right. <clears throat> so we have our own in-house host. We have our own in-house. We're getting our own house in-house DJ. We have all the all the the members are producers in some sort. So we all produce and bring stuff to the table. Uh, we've just started making some type of elevator music that we're about to present to a company just to kind of be elevator music. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like the best elevator music <laughs> you've ever heard. So just stuff we wanted to, uh, I wanted to call it, and I know we'll talk about it, but I wanted to call it the best music you've ever hold, heard, heard on hold. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, that's catchy. And that, that's, that, that would be the name of the album or the name of the series. We'll make a uh-huh. series called the best music you've ever heard on hold. Huh. Um, and that and that's the last four or five songs that we did sounds exactly like that. Like when you when you mad that the person comes in like, okay, such as no 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 no, put me back on hold, put me back on hold, please please. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so should like market that to the DMV. Oh yeah, it's coming, it's yeah, coming. So yeah. modern vibes. Um, I have another band that I'm in, uh, that I'm reactivating called With the Twist. Yes. Um, it's more of a uh, it's me KJ and it used to be uh, Felix. Um, so I'll be reactivating that. Um, what else is happening? Um, so, uh, when you said you were, you got into producing. Ah, yes. Uh, I am by default now (laughs) a producer and it was obviously, um, COVID made it happen because it was the first time in my life, a pandemic, cause I had to count them. I'm, I, COVID will be officially my fourth pandemic. We just didn't call it pandemics. Uh-huh. So you got AIDS. Well, the opposite, getting off of war. So I was born into the war time where everybody was coming off war. Uh, then you had the heroin stage. Yeah. You had crack era. Uh-huh. And you had 9-11. You, so all, all these, but all these things, uh, situations had music to take care of it. Huh. There, was, there are songs about AIDS. There are songs about crack. There are songs about, you know, stuff like that. This was the first time nobody made a song. Even I think now there's really not a just a one collective song that everybody agrees on. This is the COVID song. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> um, people talk about it, but even on like the first year after everybody was okay, it was still on a hush. Hey, hey, yeah, we don't you, talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I get nobody it. wants to hear about it anymore. So, um, but um, uh, during COVID, uh, I'm on the phone with Sput and all my friends and Sput mainly was the main corporate of the reason why I'm a producer. Cause he was, we were just talking two hours later. He was like, all right, man, like, well, I gotta get going. Um, I'm getting ready to get some, pull some stuff off the shelf that I didn't really get to. So um, yeah, man, send me something, send me a track or something and I'll, I'll put some drums on top of it. And I was like, That's, you know how honorable that is? I'm like, oh, I yeah. don't, I don't, I'm not a, I'm, I don't know what to say. I don't, yeah. he's like, well, just send me something. I'm like, I don't have anything to send you. He's like. Oh, we'll just work on something to send it to me. I was like, well, I don't think you understand. I don't know how to make music like that. He was like, oh, I okay, let's do the opposite. You send me a drum groove and I'll put some stuff on top of it. I don't have drums in the house. He was like, huh, you can't, you don't have anybody that you can get, you borrow some electric drums from? No, not right now. Everybody's separated. Nobody want to see and talk to and touch each other. He was like, hmm, well, here's what I'm going to do. The next time I call you, I'm gonna need you to have something, order something, an NPC or something to get yourself, because as you can see, there is no drumming right now. Mm-hmm. You're you're unemployed for no reason. Mm-hmm. Find a way to alter yourself. Be a drummer still on the NPC, but find a way to to alter yourself. So, order the NPC. And NBC is a sampler. Yes, uh, uh, it is uh, one of the best samplers. I, the, I had a, t- I had a tough time choosing between a company called Machine and NPC by Akai, and um, they were like, "Yeah, man." Uh, so all the all the producers that I know um, were like, "You need to go with NPC, bro." Mm-hmm. So I know the, the the machine is great. I promise you, but that NPC is is more you, especially a hip hop head. You need to go with the NPC. So I went and got one and the learning curve is harsh mm-hmm. oh man it took me four months to get anything proper i feel to... like i remember watching your journey on facebook oh my that. god yeah. yeah it was the it was the horrible like asking so many questions i think i'm annoying people and they're just proud that i'm starting yeah <clears throat> and i'm like and I'm, my first beat was all right and everyone was like yeah that's good man keep going that's nice the second one i made and this is coming from job born which is a 
producer, known uh-huh. producer. Yeah. I sent it to him and he was like, this is your second beat? I'm like, yeah, he said, no way. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he said, bro, you was born to do this. Bro, immerse yourself in this as much as possible. So yeah. he would give me tips on how to do shortcuts and stuff like that. Then other producer friends, very elite producer friends in the city gave me little tips and um, Mousequake, especially one of them said, yeah. so you only have one set of drums in your program? I'm like, yeah, he said, how are you making the different sounds? And I told him I learned how to pitch everything and he was like, oh, you're working way too hard. Yeah, Let me send you some drums. He gave me like two terabytes of just drums. That sounds, you must have like, <laughs> your head must have exploded that day. I went nuts. Yeah. I didn't talk to nobody that day. <laughs> I went nuts. Your wife comes home. You're like, ah, uh, go yeah, to the other just room. Go in the room. And she, and she understood because I'm not, my headphones is on and I am not. Ta- I I mean I didn't sleep yeah. for two days. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, so over time the drums I got used to good good at programming. Then I was like, okay, I'm a big hip hop head. Let me start with hip hop first. Mm. So I started, and that's where I kind of reside. But then. Um, you know, producers like Jay Rhodes, uh, a great producer in the city, uh, told me, now, make a song about this situation. Make a song about this situation. A girl running and being scared. So make a song like that. Mm-hmm. So I would do so. Another producer was like, well, make a song for like if ESPN was looking for another theme song. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So I made that. And it, all of them were approved by everybody like, man, this is great. You, you're getting there. What I, what I didn't know was May was they was helping me become various. Without leaving my hip hop element, I got to be various yeah, you're at the same diversifying time. Diversifying your sound. Yeah. So yeah. they're like, now I have stuff I have stuff that's coming out that's gonna be in like movies. Because Nice. Uh somebody asked me for a love scene song. So I but I was like, we don't want it like sappy. We want it like just before you get into the love. Uh-huh. So they them describing that, I literally made the just before we That's get into the scene. Cool. Um, Let me ask you, so like I mean, some drummers it feels like there there's this one thing missing in the music and that's the the voice the melody the dictating the way that the, the melodic stuff goes mm-hmm. i mean is this just like feel like you're all open now i mean wide open I, I i feel more involved in when i talk to other musicians that are knowledgeable yeah um because i'm i'm now understanding production i'm understanding how the patience that it takes to even get a certain feeling in a song, just the feeling, not to play the song, just the feeling of a song. Cause there's a certain Motown sound, but now I can play the Motown sound, but can you make me feel like we're in the seventies? Mm-hmm. That's the tough part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can play, if you can play a tower power, what is hip and make it feel like back in the days, then now you're playing what is hip. Otherwise you're just playing the song, you yeah. know? So there's playing the song and there's feeling the song. And I pride myself on making myself feel the song even on the npc side there's a lot of people think i'm playing the drums on the npc but i manipulated drums and and certain sounds to make it feel like i was playing that's all i did yeah so man i gotta say it's like you could literally i forget you could like go and write like a master's (laughs) pro uh, paper uh, on this journey you've taken to be this like all like seasoned drummer i mean it's amazing what you've done to get to this point and it it shows in the music and in in your work ethic and i really appreciate you coming down today there's no problem it's a no-brainer with you man come on yeah (laughs) yeah well anyway thanks again we'll be we'll be like linking all the projects and we look looking forward to all the stuff coming up absolutely i'd like to thank my guest medrick Greeley. you can check out brand new funk try more mojo and all his projects and the links theme song unstoppable by celine nirala you can listen to the Dallas Famous Podcast every week on Deep LM Radio, Sundays and Tuesdays at 1 p.m., and then again on all the podcast places. Thanks again for tuning in.